Jonathan Pogash is the cocktail guru, a mixologist and hospitality expert. Ah, see? Yeah. You know big words. Dude, I'm, I'm the cocktail guru. Cheers. Jeffrey's his dad, a wine and spirits author, historian, and consultant. Oh, I do my homework. With decades of experience, they're always looking for the next big thing. Join this father and son duo for a few laughs as they explore the hottest trends in hospitality with the service industry's leading trailblazers and tastemakers. Welcome to the Cocktail Guru Podcast. Uh, oh, hey, Dad. You know what I realized, Dad? Uh, it, it looks like, and I realized this before, but I didn't want to say anything until we got on air. Um, yeah. is, that a, is that like a tiki polo shirt? That you're wearing? Yes, yes it is. This is okay. I, I spared no expense. I went out and I bought myself something bought, new. Dad. We're, yes, because we're we're embarking on season oh. three of yes, our we're podcast. Into season, we're into season three, but dad, we're, it's not in the budget. That is Did, not in, in the podcasting well, budget. Well, fortunately, you don't have to pay for it. It's in my budget. Oh. And I got a really nice discount from a friend of mine. And uh, we're in good shape. And, well, and guess I, what? I didn't even know, but I'm also wearing a, uh, this is a polo, a long sleeve yeah. polo. Yeah. And this is a uh, golf, this is from a golf shop in Pennsylvania. Okay. Are you getting much golf in? No, I'm not getting any golf in, but I'm going to golf courses and various other places in Pennsylvania. Anyway, oh, yeah. you're now playing golf. Well, we're into the fall. We're into the fall season now, and uh, it, it, it's kind of a nice time to play golf. Is that is that right? It is, except the golf course where I bought this shirt is closing very soon for the season, so I won't be able to go there. Oh, right. Um, no, I'm fine not playing golf. I just take like to take long walks around the lake with uh, the swans and the lake and all the flora and fauna. It's just a gorgeous sight out there in the wilds of Pennsylvania. Well, that's nice. Um, so we have a, a wonderful guest today and um you want to uh you've got a little intro of course that you wrote because no. you you love to do all of your research and 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 all of that how about that you yes ready? i do and i want to start off by saying i think this is going to be not just a season of new digs like this shirt i'm wearing but a see a sweet season a very sweet Hi. season because we're starting off with a podcast on ice cream and it's not just ice cream. Boozy ice cream. It, boozy ice cream. It, it's uh, luscious, delectable, a luscious, delectable, creamy delight, which I think you have in front of you. It's boozy ice cream from a company called Tipsy Scoop. And we are going to learn all about this wonderful ice cream from the founder herself. Melissa Tabs's, uh mission is to elevate the ice cream experience. It is an adult experience, 21 plus experience, yet it, yet it's reminiscent of our uh, favorite childhood flavors. There's so much more to this story. Um, we'd like uh, our guests to come in and, and allow us to, uh, and indulge us with the rest of her story. So Melissa, welcome to the Cocktail Guru podcast. Hi guys, how are you? Well, welcome Melissa. <laughs> Thank you very much for being here. Excited, and, for you to try uh, that ice cream too. I, I know. I have some. I have some in front of me, and we'll get to it in a, in a few moments. So, um, Melissa, we always ask our guests at the beginning of the podcast, uh, "What is your desert island drink um, cocktail?" No. Now, it could. I guess it could be in ice cream form. <laughs> 
kind of sick of ice cream. I shouldn't say that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now the truth comes out, but I can imagine so, you are tasting it yeah. all the time. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I love a very simple margarita with just Blanco tequila, some orange liqueur, and some fresh lime. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We love we love margaritas, Dad, don't we? That, that's my perhaps my single favorite drink of Maybe. all time. I love margaritas. Good. And Melissa, we um, you and I met quite a while back, um, and it was actually when you were working in public relations. Is that not right? Yeah, yeah, I did um, PR and marketing for Wine and Spirits for quite a while, probably longer than most people <laughs> last in that right. industry. Wow. Um, and that's kind of how I became interested in experimenting with alcohol in food. So um, I actually helped the Badish Group plan a lot of events and launch parties for different alcohol brands. So we were doing things like bourbon wings and Chambord cupcakes, which I think we probably did with you too. I know you were doing a lot of Chambord drinks. That's true, yeah. Um, and I kind of became obsessed with this idea of alcohol as an ingredient in food. Um, and particularly in ice cream, not only because I have family history um, of ice cream making, but also because ice cream was a little bit different. The alcohol wasn't burnt off in the end product like it is when you bake with alcohol and make like a rum cake or something. So um, yeah, that's really how I became inspired to start Tipsy Scoop was by um, the sample closet at the Badish Group, which kind of looks <laughs> like background right now, but it was filled with all sorts of interesting liqueurs that were really fun to experiment with. And your great, great, great grandfather was in the ice cream business, was he I, not? Oh, yes. So he was president of the Ice Cream Alliance in Great Britain, which I did not know was a thing. Wow. Uh, and they brought over, my ancestors brought over in from uh, Italy to Scotland, gelato carts back in the 1800s when that was a very novel concept. Um, so everybody's obsessed with gelato all over again. But, um, <laughs> but you know, gelato was a new concept at that time. Um, so I was also really fascinated by that family history of ice cream making and just experimenting with ice cream making in general um, with a Cuisinart ice cream maker at home. Um, have you guys tried to make ice cream with that before? It's kind of difficult. Uh, no, now, before, I don't. Before, because in your work, you were surrounded by spirits all the time. You decided to combine the two. Yeah, yeah. And, ice, and so ice cream making at home is very difficult. So I actually started adding just like a little tiny bit of alcohol into my homemade ice cream recipe just to help with the consistency initially. Um, so it was kind of this like accidental recipe that came about. Um, but yeah, it's very hard to achieve that ice cream consistency that people know and love um, through your little ice cream tabletop machine. So the little bit of alcohol I was adding in the beginning really just helped get that creamy ice cream consistency and then really just fell in love with the idea of this product could actually contain alcohol and kind of taste like some of the cocktails um, that we were looking to kind of represent. 
And and so when we talk, you know, when we think about ice cream with um, your alcohol inspired okay. ice cream, you know, rum rum raisin ice cream comes to mind first and foremost, right? But when you make rum raisin ice cream, it doesn't actually have rum in it. That rum, uh, the alcohol is burnt off, or sometimes it's not even including alcohol. It's just like a rum extract. Um, so the the um, inclusion of alcohol that actually retains the um, uh, you know uh, the the alcohol content is is novel because I don't think you know I mean maybe places were doing it here and there homemade like in a restaurant or something but um, to have it marketed and produced in a way like like Tipsy Scoop does is is really quite novel. Yeah, I mean I think that was one of the challenges when we first started as well. So obviously, as you know, working in alcohol probably the least fun thing about working in alcohol is all the red tape um (laughs) so pair that with kind of a new category which is liquor infused food and you know there's all sorts of laws that didn't even exist when we first started so um luckily both my parents were actually lawyers at one point they skipped the ice cream making business (laughs) but their legal background really came um in handy because we were navigating and are navigating a completely new category um, of food. So is it considered an alcohol? Is it considered a food? Is it some sort of mix between the two? Um, You know, those questions weren't so easy to answer in the beginning, kind of creating a new category. And there's something else that's new that you've created. We've all heard of ice cream parlors, have we not, John? Yeah. Yes, I, I've but, heard of them. I remember yeah. going. I remember going to one up in uh, at the top of that hill of South Orange Avenue in New Jersey. What was right. that place well, called? Grunnings. Grunnings, right, right. Up. But Melissa has created ice cream barlers. Yeah. Right, yeah. Melissa. Yeah, I am in one of our ice cream barlers right now before opening. But oh, you um, are. Oh, yeah. wonderful. This wonderful. is actually our flagship barler on Twenty Sixth Street. Um, but yeah, our, our ice cream shops are set up so that they are really a hybrid of a kind of bar ice cream shop, set up like an ice cream shop. But of course, the twist is that they um, the ice creams contain alcohol. So people get carded when they start sampling Tipsy Scoop, which they actually love. <laughs> yeah, I was I was going to ask, you know, because from the outside, um, it probably looks I actually Unfortunately, I'm so sorry. I haven't been to um, one of your outlets. I'm so embarrassed because uh, you've you know. got to record here next. Yes, yes. <laughs> Actually, that would be really great. Yeah, I will be there tomorrow. Perfect. You will? Like, is yes. that true or no? Oh. Yes, I'll be in Manhattan tomorrow. Oh, wow. So he's going to visit. He's actually going to visit tomorrow. Um, but uh, you know, when, when people walk by, kids, you know, especially, I think would probably gravitate towards a, a place that looks like an ice cream parlor. Um. And so you probably you probably run into a lot of kids coming in and just being like, hey, you know, actually, these have alcohol in them. I'm so sorry. How, how do you navigate that? We have like four mocktail flavors that we have because oh, okay. I, I have kids now and I'm like, got to make kids happy. You know, yeah. you have an adult getting ice cream and a kid just being unhappy and not having anything. Um, so we have at least four non-alcoholic flavors to not exclude them. Um, but yes, our clientele is very different than a traditional ice cream shop 
which relies heavily on kids, um, which is a mess, really. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> in, in line for ice cream at a traditional ice cream shop. Oh, yeah. Um, it takes a while for kids to order. So. <laughs> and and you have three ice cream barlers, do you not? One in Manhattan, one in Brooklyn, and one in Long Beach? Long yep, Beach, one New in York. Long, New York. Um, that is our only location that's seasonal because it's right by mm-hmm. the boardwalk there. So we stay open there through the end of the year and then close down um, January through St. Patrick's Day. We also just started franchising. So we have um, um, some franchisees opening um, probably pretty soon in Washington, D.C., um, she found a great location in Chinatown, pretty close to the Capital One Arena, which is great. And then we have somebody opening in Portland, Oregon, um, Phoenix, Arizona, and Sacramento, California. So great way for us to continue to expand. When we opened the location in Long Island, I think we realized how difficult it was even just being an hour from the city to open locations on your own further away. <laughs> um, so this is a great model for us to be able to continue to grow. Well, that's yeah. exciting because now there's going to be tipsy scoop, boozy ice cream from coast to coast. We hope so. That's the idea. <laughs> that's and, really and, very exciting. You, you know, there's um, s- s- amazing opportunity. You know, I can I can see that with tipsy scoop and franchising and um are there, you know, I, I see it as something that could be in like a casino or or a Las Vegas or, a, you know, is that is that an avenue that you guys have thought of before? Yes, definitely actively looking in Las Vegas. It's funny because um, we do a lot of business with bachelorette parties. That's, um, you know, a big a big one for us. And there are a few different companies that do like um They'll like plan bachelorette parties for you and they'll highlight key cities like um, Phoenix, Las Vegas, L.A., Austin, New Orleans, like all of those cities that are kind of those party celebration destination cities are ideal locations for Tipsy Scoop. Um, When somebody's going to celebrate something, you know, as you go to Las Vegas for that's the ideal setting for us to be in. So actively looking in Las Vegas right now, we have um, pretty good wholesale distribution there to uh, the different like pool parties at the Cosmopolitan and the Palms, um, but would love for somebody to open there. So you can, yes, I, I wanted to talk about the retail, <clears throat> excuse me, the retail aspect of it all, because you guys seem to be in many, many different locations. Um, and you know we're going to talk about that in a quick second as well as do a little uh, vertical tasting uh, in just a quick minute and we'll be right back hey everyone jonathan here if you're into swag as much as we are then look no further than our cocktail guru shop the items in our store have been personally chosen hand-picked with care by me i'm jonathan and my team of cocktail gurus a water bottle with a stainless steel straw yep t-shirts mm-hmm hoodies Yes, snapback hats, signed copies of Mr. Boston Bartender's Guide, cocktail box kits, bar tools, and more. You betcha. We've even managed to create a onesie for that mocktail lover in your family. So head on over to shop.cocktailguru.com and use code GURU23 for 10% off your first order. Great deal. That's shop.cocktailguru.com, 
10% off with code GURU23. Cheers. And now we're back. So retail-wise, Tipsy Scoop is in some some major retailers and pretty much across the country. Is that is that correct? Yeah, um, we work with different distributors in kind of key markets, um, not necessarily nationally, but more regionally. Um, but yeah, all over all over the U.S. Um, we are sold at some like bigger box retailers, but the product really does the best, as I said, you know, in any of those kind of like celebratory settings. So we're in several stadiums and arenas, um, and that's, you know, really where uh, it's sold the most. Um, so I know where um, they're just launching, actually, I think it's called Frost Center now instead of AT&T. I can't keep up with all the... <laughs> changing names, but that's the San Antonio Spurs. So um, they're actually doing something interesting with our ice cream there. Instead of just selling scoops, they're doing a fries and floats um, little stand where they do French fries and then different boozy floats um, with our flavors. So it's always fun. Oh, yeah. um, You know what people end up doing with their menu. Um, This summer, we did something really cool. I don't know if you got a chance to go but the metropolitan museum has a rooftop open for the summer um which is really cool except it rained all summer but besides right. that, really cool um so all the statues are up there and there's like a little cafe and bar so we made for them these boozy sorbet cubes um because they do really high volume there they put two cubes into a glass and just top it with um they had like prosecco on tap there as their cocktail. So we made them like French 75 boozy sorbet cubes that were topped with Prosecco. So we like to do kind of interesting things like that with our wholesale accounts to be able to kind of showcase how you can use Tipsy Scoop as part of your cocktail program or menu. Um, so there's a lot of different options there. Wow. I love that. Yeah, that, that delights and inspires and uh, it's very indulgent. Yeah, it's very indulgent. I, I'm uh, <clears throat> I'm gonna taste. I'm gonna taste some things, Dad. I'm I'm so oh. sorry, Dad. I know Dad is so upset Dad. because he doesn't have he doesn't have these samples, but I do. You're going to be delighted, inspired, huh. and you're going to indulge, which is, I think, the mission statement of Tipsy Scoop. Is it not? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You know what? I'm I'm going to start. I think and I should I'm start with some. Going on while you're doing that because it oh that looks so that yeah looks... I think I should I think I should start with I have two ice creams and two sorbets so I'm going to start with the ice cream since the sorbet probably has more of an intense fruit flavor um so let's see oh here we go first I'm going to start with the cake batter vodka martini oh man and these are these are little pints um and. The cake batter no. specifically has um, milk and cream, whipped cream vodka. So that's the um, boozy. Oh, and amaretto. That's the boozy element, right? Mm. Oh, yeah. And of course, I'm using a kid's spoon. Hold on. <laughs> Here. Good. Good. Yep. I mean, stop it making like, sounds. Stop making sounds. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it tastes like the cake batter ice cream that you would get in um you know ice cream parlor um but there is booze in there and i you know i bear i don't really taste i don't really taste the booze 
But what is the um, what is the alcohol percentage in something like this? So it's up to five percent. Um, oh, okay. So definitely not overpowering at all. Right. Not eating those truffles that kind of oozes alcohol. Right. Um, I love in that flavor the amaretto um, because I think that kind of comes through a little bit more at the end. But that's the flavor we use in um, our ice cream cakes, which are like layers of funfetti cake. Oh. So that's and did you love it. Do you ship? Um, I know that you ship through like Gold Belly. Um, do you? Uh, do you have all, you know pretty much all the flavors as well as ice cream cakes? Yeah, so we ship ice cream cakes. That's probably the most popular option um, on Gold Belly, actually, is the ice cream cakes. They're like six-inch ice cream cakes, um, but they're five layers, I guess, three layers of cake and two layers of ice cream. So oh, wow. substantial, um, but they're a great gift, too. So, And I'm going to taste now the dark chocolate whiskey salted caramel. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Most popular flavor year round. So that was inspired by. So I don't like whiskey and I don't really like chocolate. <laughs> oh, but are you kidding? Really? Are you kidding me? Okay, send it all my way, please. Yes. But so I did a whiskey tasting once where they paired like a dram of whiskey with one of those squares, Ghirardelli, like squares of dark chocolate that oozes. Yeah. No. Sure. I was like, oh, I like whiskey now. This is great. Um, <laughs> Well, this was kind of inspired by that pairing, um, <laughs> and it's a great intro for people that might not like whiskey. So, oh yeah, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a uh, a little spoonful here. Yes, during my uh, time of uh, fifty years or so in the industry, I've been pairing chocolate and whiskey mm. on a regular basis. Okay. Awesome. Mm, this you then. <laughs> I'm taking an extra spoonful of this one. Wow. Take one for me, John. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That is and good. Please, and please describe it. There is there is sort of an intense, almost dark chocolate. Um, oh, well, oh, it is dark. I was going to say, it's dark chocolate. Um, and just a touch of salt, you know, a touch of the salt. It's not like an overpowering salted caramel. It's a nice balance between the cocoa and the salt and the caramel. And, um, you know, like a tiny little hint of, of, whiskey um again i don't i don't taste the alcohol but i think when i'm when i'm having ice cream i don't you know i i don't want to taste i don't necessarily want to taste the alcohol um but now when you serve when you serve these in your barler um is it served like sunday style do you add liquor to it to make like a liquor infused ice cream cocktail yeah so um the locations in manhattan and long beach do not have a liquor license because we're kind of considered a non-beverage both federally and by the state. So we're just required to guard and consumers. So those are like traditional ice cream shops just with the boozy twist. So ice cream by the scoop. We have signature Sundays we do. In Brooklyn, we opened a little bit of a larger space and got a tavern license as well to be able to do, um, we call them ice cream cocktails, but they're essentially ice cream floats um, with like Prosecco or different stouts or sours and stuff like that. So once you um, make the ice cream into a liquid, that's when it becomes a beverage. So um, that's the little kind of complicated part of Whoa. that. So you can't do um, like Tipsy Scoop milkshakes at our storefronts that do not have 
a liquor license. You only mm. can serve the ice cream by the scoop. And that's kind of the, um, uh, you know, issue, let's say, state by state is like, what, what what happens when the ice cream melts? Then it's a liquid. Is not it not considered a beverage at that point? Um, but I guess our argument is served by the scoop. So <laughs> Right. So is yeah. that is that the case nationally where you don't need a, a liquor license to be able to serve it? So as you know, um, unfortunately, state by state, there are many different liquor laws. <laughs> um, so New York has made it, and New York is where we produce all the ice cream through a co-packer in Red Hook, New York, so up in Hudson Valley. Uh, so all the ice cream is produced in New York. New York actually has a law about liquor-infused ice cream, which is if it's up to 5%, it's considered a non-beverage, no liquor licenses needed for manufacturing, distributing, selling anything. Um, state And we have federal approval as well. That doesn't mean anything on the state-by-state state level. Each state decides how they want to classify, you know, boozy ice cream. Um, so it is interesting. Some states have laws around boozy candies, which, as I mentioned, kind of taste even stronger than Tipsy Scoop sometimes, where they allow that without a liquor license and then they won't allow you know the ice cream because it's kind of capable of becoming a liquid um really? so this is boring but it nope. is this <laughs> it's not it's nope. not boring i i find it fascinating and i think our viewers and um listeners would too it is fascinating but i would also like to know where in brooklyn tipsy scoop is located so Tipsy Scoop is in Williamsburg. So it's on Metropolitan yeah. Avenue right across from Butcher's Daughter. That location opened in 2019. Um, and we got a great deal on that spot because the L train was maybe going to be closed down for, I don't know, they were saying like two years at that point. Um, and luckily it wasn't. But then COVID and we were the first one on the block. But now it is an amazing location. Yeah. Um there's so much that has sprung up there. There's a Tacomi, there's a Westville, there's a Pot Hotel. Um, so it's really, really a fun spot. And we do lots of classes and events there. So people can come do a boozy ice cream making class. They can come make cocktails. Um, so it's really a nice destination. And you've managed to do all of this within a nine-year period of time? That sounds like a really long time. <laughs> no, nine years is not a long time. And you, you've accomplished a great deal. It's incredible. Thank 2014 you. is when you first opened up, I think, right? Yeah. So we actually <laughs> um, started in 2014 at a kitchen incubator space in East Harlem called Hot Bread Kitchen. They have a great uh, incubator program where you can kind of rent kitchen space by the hour, you know. Um, and we were just doing catering and events at that point. So I was doing that really only that for the first two years and selling on Gold Belly. And then in 2016, we had a video go viral on Facebook that showed the behind the scenes making up the ice cream. So the alcohol being poured into the machine and these like beautiful ribbons of ice cream coming out of the machine. Um, so that video got like 10 million views in two days and people were showing up. <laughs> At the whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Are you kidding me? How? I what? don't know how they found it. It was not listed anywhere. <laughs> oh, my gosh. 
So they were like showing up at this like warehouse in East Harlem under the train, very uninviting. And they were buying pints and pints of ice cream. So I, I never wanted to open a shop. I really was not interested in that at all. But we kind of had to listen to our customers and and open from there. So, oh my gosh! So, so what is it? I mean, Melissa, what is it like going viral? I mean, li- listen, as an as a as an entrepreneur, especially, it's hard to get your business off of the ground because you put so much blood, sweat, and tears. But you always hear about these videos. Um, you never really heard about it back then, but you know now it happens. But you, I would assume you were maybe one of the first food type establishments or or products to go viral. Yeah, you know, it's funny thinking back about how that happened and that it was on Facebook and like, would that ever happen now? I don't know. It might be TikTok or, you know, something new. But um, but yeah, it was crazy because I think it was, um, you know, some unknown kind of publication that also just posted this video and it got more views than any of their other videos got. Um, And it was just really like a perfect demonstration of the ice cream actually containing alcohol because, you know, you can say that, but once people see it, um, it's that much more powerful. So that was a great way to start a brick and mortar location um, with that buzz already going about the business rather than open a spot, build the buzz after that. Um, Mm -hmm. So prior to opening our first location, which I'm at now on East 26 between 2nd and 3rd, side street, not no foot traffic organically on this side street at all. We had so much media and press coming in um, to kind of film this, you know, coming soon of this parlor that by the time we opened and coming from a marketing and PR background, I knew like we have too much press. Like <laughs> this is like <laughs> a problem. Like we can't handle this. So I knew that I did not know anything about like the operations and actually how to manage the store. But I knew we had too much press. So I came in, I think at 9 a.m. the day we were supposed to open because I like had this feeling like this is too much. <laughs> And people were already lined up outside the door. So it was crazy. It was so overwhelming and we were so, so unprepared. But um, somehow we managed to pull it off. I think I had like 10 people from my family like working behind the register. (laughs) I want to get to trying the sorbet. Um, So we've got this raspberry limoncello uh, sorbet. We've done a lot of work with limoncello, haven't we, John? Nope. We love limoncello. What limoncello do you like? All of Which them? One? Oh, yeah. all of them. Oh, yeah. Oh. So, with the sorbet, the limoncello is pretty prominent um, in that, which which I like um, because that works so well with raspberry in general. Um, is that, would you say that that is. Um, kind of commonplace with your sorbets do you do you kind of quote-unquote taste the alcohol a little bit more maybe with the sorbets yeah I think it just depends on the flavor um I think well limoncello and raspberry is just like the perfect pairing really um oh the strawberry white sangria that's also 
Strawberry oh, white sangria eat. is what I have Mang- next. Wow. Yeah, I don't think you got mango margarita. I would say that one like tastes yeah. bogus, but they're all the same ABB, really. Oh, that's really good too. Yeah, mm. but people love sorbets. I definitely mm. do not only more sorbets, but more dairy free, like coconut milk based. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Options moving forward. Wow. Yeah, well, now, was that a sorbet you just tasted, John? Or yes. was that ice cream? Yes, sorbet. Strawberry, sorbet. strawberry yeah. white sangria sorbet. It kind of looked look like ice cream. Looks uh, great. It's so, it's so good. Well, yeah. Melissa, um, what what is um, what is next uh, for you? Um, I know that you have a family um, and have a small child or children, plural? Yep, two kids, but um, one is five and one is 10 months. So, um, Wow, congratulations. Boozy ice cream yet? No, they're not. No, but but the balance, the balance between having your own very extremely successful business and family life, I know from personal experience, is tough, right? It's um, it is tough, but you know, I try to um, like take advantage of the flexibility of having my own business too, and you know, being able to. I think my son asked me the other day, "Please be class mom, please be class mom," and I'm like. I don't have time to be class mom, but I'm like, you know what? I do have time. I'm going to do it. I can wow, yeah. in the weekend and like right. go to his class for an hour. So, um, you know, there's pros and cons, but um, that's why I have to have the non-boozy flavors at my store now. I can't not have this. Right. <laughs> of course. Of course. Have to appease and, the children as well. Yes. And the future, the future of Tipsy Scoop is the franchising. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So definitely starting with franchising in the U.S., kind of um, bookmarking our franchise inquiries that we're getting outside of the U.S. because we don't knock off to get the ice cream there. But (laughs) hopefully one day um, we'll be able to figure that out as well and just continuing to be kind of first mover in the boozy ice cream category, hopefully. Um, (laughs) And, you know, continuing to work with great brands and great people like you guys and spread the word about tipsy scoop so amazing well thank you melissa for this uh spirited uh conversation and um this was great these ice creams and sorbets are really delicious dad uh, you know <laughs> well we'll get you we'll get you some dad don't worry and we could do a you know like a, a mukbang right you like those kinds of things we're right? going to do a special mukbang of tipsy scoop ice cream yes we are because i'm a mukbang <laughs> sort of person Love them. Love them. Well, thank you, Melissa. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much, Melissa. Tipple Time is brought to you in part by Glen Morangie, Monin Syrups, and Libby Glassware. Jonathan Pogash here again with the Cocktail Guru Podcast and our Tipple Time segment. I have a delicious iced coffee cocktail here. We love iced coffee, even at this time of the year. I mean, I love hot coffee drinks, but I usually do iced coffee even if uh, it is cold outside. And we need to have those winter flavors. Forget your uh, Starbucks, forget your Dunkin' Donuts. Although if either of those brands want to sponsor the Cocktail Guru podcast, we are open to it. In any case, I'm going to make this iced coffee drink with Monin's uh, toasted marshmallow syrup. Mm, This is so delicious. It has that real charred marshmallow flavor and Glenmorangie. 12-year-old single malt scotch whiskey. That's right. This is a spiked iced coffee with scotch whiskey and Monin 
uh, toasted marshmallow. Okay, so first of all, let's go ahead and add one and a half ounces of the Glen Morangy one and um, twelve here scotch single malt scotch. So I have again another Libby glass. You could go to Libby Pro, uh, Libby.com. Follow them on social media. They have beautiful selections of glassware for you at home, for your bar, or restaurant. This is their cr uh, renewal crosshatch twelve ounce highball glass. Next, we're going to do the Monin Toasted Marshmallow. Oh, yeah. Delicious. We're doing half of an ounce in our Renewal Crosshatch Libby Highball Glass. Now I'll add some ice. Okay. There we go. And, of course, you can use whatever kind of iced coffee you desire. You can make it at home. You can buy it in the store. I just have this that I bought in the store. I actually drink it every morning. And we'll fill that up and then add your milk of choice. So I've got some oat milk. And you can obviously do regular milk. You can do almond milk, whatever you want. Oh, yeah, baby. Oh, yeah. So, and of course, we have our reusable straw. We'll give it a little stir. Uh, hold on. I've got my fresh nutmeg over here. Oh, there we go. And we'll just give it a little crack on top. This is a really cool... Oh, Nutmeg. Oh, there we go. Nutmeg all over my apron. Oh, there we go. Hold on one second. So cheers, everyone. Oh, my goodness. Uh, that, is, that is literally a mic drop kind of cocktail right here. Oh, man. Oh, guys, I, I, again, I really wish that you could taste this. That Monin Toasted Marshmallow really comes through. The Scotch Whiskey is just such a nice balance. If you're looking for a spiked iced coffee drink, this is the way to go. Thanks, everyone, again to another Tipple Time. Cheers. Tipple Time has been brought to you in part by Monin Syrups, Glen Warrangy, and Libby Glassware. That does it for today's show. If you enjoy what we do, please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. To watch or listen to today's episode, or to see the show notes, visit thecocktailgurupodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, YouTube, X, Instagram, or TikTok. The Cocktail Guru Podcast is produced by First Real Entertainment and can be seen on EatsDrinksTV.com, Spotify, and Zencaster, or heard on Apple, Google, Amazon, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 